Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, October 27th, 2016. The Nefarium is busy. I don't want to comment on the U.S. elections, although there are stories coming out from around the country, Texas, Fairfax, Virginia, of uh, some initial signs of election fraud, and you guessed it, being propagated, promoted by the Darth campaign, apparently, so far. But uh, I don't want to comment about that because uh, there are certainly other uh, networks and, and commenters in this country that will do so. I am going to be focused on geopolitics as usual because um, you recall a few months ago I was noticing that both Israel and Turkey had done a complete about-face, all right? And I've also been noticing that Israel has been rather quiet. So there's some new developments in that story uh, from F. William Engdahl that I want to get to by way of Italy, because I've also been saying, watch Italy, all right? Now, uh, this first article is titled, How Italy is Helping Russia Avoid More Sanctions. This is by Mr. Gary Ashton. Uh, and it appeared in Investopedia. I want to read the first three paragraphs of this interesting article, and then I want to point out some connections between this story and the one from F. William Engdahl. Mr. Ashton writes, quote, One of the most reliable partners for Russia in the European bloc is Italy. During a recent European summit in Brussels, the Italian Prime Minister Matteo Renzi successfully persuaded other European countries such as Germany, France, and the UK to refrain from introducing new economic sanctions against Russia in response to Moscow's bombardment of the Syrian city of Aleppo. This week's summit was not the first time Italy stepped in to help Russia. According to the International Business Times, Italy attempted to block EU proposals to renew sanctions against Russia in December 2015. And again, quote, Italian Prime Minister Matteo Renzi has consistently asked EU partners to avoid isolating Russia and to involve Moscow in resolving international conflicts, the paper said. Now, please note that Renzi attempted to completely get rid of the European sanctions against Russia when they came up for renewal. And we're going to get back to some reasons why. The decision by the EU member states to avoid new sanctions provides needed relief to Russia's economy, which is gradually improving. The IMF forecasts that Russia's economy will recover in 2017 and grow by 1.1% after contracting by 0.8% in 2016. Data from TradingEconomics.com shows the improving trend in Russian GDP growth from the low point in the second quarter of 2015. All right, so what's behind this? Well, I strongly suspect, and, and I did some stories a few weeks ago, uh, in fact, a few months ago, about how Italy, along with Germany, is sidestepping the sanctions through the local state or provincial uh, governors and so on and so forth, and businesses doing so directly. The Italian agricultural minister went to Russia and began talking about the need for Italy importing Russian agricultural products. But the real clue here, 
I suspect has to do with energy in the Middle East. Italy is now going to be the point man, and this is my prediction here. Italy is now going to be the point man, so to speak, for Europe to try and act as a go-between between Moscow and Washington, and I think to try and soften the entire sanctions regime, if not get rid of it altogether. The other reason that Italy is involved here is the ties that Italy had with Libya, which were quite strong. And I think quietly behind the scenes in Italy that the powers that be there were not too happy with the way that NATO handled the Gaddafi regime. So there's a lot going on in the background here. So now I want to turn to the other part of this story, and that's Russia, Turkey, and Israel. And I've noted recently that Israel's been rather quiet, or has it? Now, this article is by F. William Engdahl. As those of you know, uh, he's one of my favorite researchers. This is dated the 25th uh, of this month, so just a couple days ago. This article is uh, appearing in the New Eastern Outlook. It's titled, Russia, Turkey, Israel, and a New Balance of Power. And I want to read just a few paragraphs in here because I think immediately you'll get the picture of what's happening and how the significance of this may relate to Italy, given its geographic and geopolitical position in Europe. Here we go. Uh, this article is, again, about that alignment between Russia, Turkey, and Israel. So Engdahl begins this way. John Kerry has been frantically involved brokering the Israel-Turkey restoration of tithes on June 26th. He called Prime Minister Netanyahu to Rome to finalize the deal with Turkey just announced. Washington's motives are anything but peaceful. She wants Israeli gas to replace Russian gas, today 60% of all Turkish gas consumption, for Turkey, and to is for Israel to line up in Syria along with Turkey against Bashar al-Assad in order for Washington to open the way for U.S. control of the Middle East gas and oil pipelines through Syria, a huge geopolitical prize that has eluded Washington now for five years of its failed war. Imagine the horror, then, on John Kerry's face when he learned of another development involving Turkey and Israel. Erdogan reportedly on Israeli urging extended, hear that again, Erdogan reportedly on Israeli urging extended a public apology to Russia for the November 2015 shootdown of the Russian jet and agreed to pay compensation to the Russian state and the family of the murdered pilot. Erdogan did the unexpected. He publicly apologized and met all Russian preconditions for restoring diplomatic relations. There is an old New York expression, the fly in the soup, indicating that some detail, some detail that ruins the broth. For Kerry, Washington, and the oligarchs who run them, Putin has just become the huge Russian brown bear in the U.S. Middle East soup. But what I'm pointing out is that the fly in the soup is Israel. All right? Let me continue. The same day as the Israel-Turkish Reconciliation Agreement, the Russian presidential spokesman Dmitry Peskov announced that Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan had sent a message to the Russian President Vladimir Putin saying, I am sorry for the downing of a Russian jet. 
Erdogan expressed his sympathy and deep condolences to the family of the killed pilot and asked to be forgiven. Turkey also agreed to pay compensation. This was pretty humble pie for the Turkish president. Reports are that Israel was behind brokering the reconciliation. Something definitely not on the Washington agenda. Now, let me stop before I continue. If that's true, folks, this also means that Israel is breaking quietly, but very demonstrably with the whole Syria problem, and maybe in the process of breaking from that tacit and very covert alliance that it's had with the Saudis over the years. All right. So in other words, Israel has not been quiet. It's been behind the scenes, completely remaking things. And if that's the case, folks, it means that Israel is breaking in a major way in its relationship with Washington. Let me continue. The emerging deal now includes Russia, Turkey, and Israel in a complex new political alignment that will radiate far beyond the gas fields of oil field of Syria or the gas fields in the region. Now listen carefully. As I wrote at the time of the April meeting in Russia between Netanyahu and Putin, Netanyahu and Putin discussed the potential role of Russia's state-owned Gazprom, the world's largest natural gas producer and marketer, as a possible stakeholder in Israel's Leviathan natural gas field. Russian involvement in the stalled Israeli gas development would reduce financial risk for Israeli offshore gas operations, increase the gas field's security as Russian allies like Hezbollah in Lebanon or Iran wouldn't dare target Russian joint ventures. Continuing, this seems to be what's unfolding now. If true, it is one of the shrewdest geopolitical chess moves by Russia that we have seen, and incidentally, one of the shrewdest geopolitical moves by Netanyahu that we've seen. Far from an anti-Russian move by Erdogan, to buy Israeli gas and push Gazprom out. Russia, Israel, and Turkey are now in talks to combine forces to focus on the huge EU gas market. By feeding both Israeli gas and Russian gas through Turkey, and I might add, guess where else? The Balkan Peninsula and Italy. Erdogan gets his Turkish gas hub dream independent of his felt need to steal it from Syria or Iraq. And there we go, folks. So in other words, there is a huge geopolitical shakeup coming. And among the four big powers of Europe, I think just because of these developments in the Middle East with a potential Gazprom Russian stake in the major Israeli gas fields, you've seen a huge reversal of Israeli foreign policy vis-a-vis its relationship with the United States. Russia gets in there, helps with the gas field, That makes the field secure as far as the Israelis are concerned, as far as the Russians are concerned, as far as the Turks are concerned, and then begins to open up, (coughs) pardon me, that huge oil and gas market in Europe. And isn't it interesting that what we've seen now is that the Russians have very firmly placed their military chips in the region in such a way that it would take a major war, quite literally, 
to get them out of there. They now have effectively a no-fly zone in Syria. Their missiles are now backing up their naval deployments in the eastern Mediterranean. So they are going for the pie, and Washington apparently has been caught once again flat-footed. Um, so it's going to be an interesting period to watch. Watch Italy. I want to, to point out, watch Israel now very, very carefully because I suspect that this long, silent period is going to be coming to an end. I expect that we're going to see more summit meetings between Netanyahu and Putin, perhaps even a visit by Putin to Israel. And the reason I'm suggesting that is that would be a hugely symbolic move. It would be the first time historically that you would see a post-Soviet head of state uh, going to Israel and having a summit meeting. That would be, uh, for all three concerned, that would be sort of the icing on the cake and the final signal to Washington that the old game and the old relationship is over. So a lot going on here, folks. A huge, huge story, uh, huge developments. And again, watch Italy because I think they're going to play point man now for the voice of opposition to Washington-led sanctions and agendas vis-a-vis -vis the Middle East and vis-a-vis -vis Russia. I think Italy is going to play that role. It's stepped up to the plate, and I only think that that role is going to increase. Anyway, that's it for today's news and views from the Nefarium. I'll see everybody on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.